Um, dear Heavenly Father, thank you for your words, which is living and cuts through our souls. We pray that, that your Holy Spirit would open our eyes and our hearts so that we can know you more through our Lord Jesus Christ, who came to make you known to us. Uh, in his name we pray. Amen. Uh, I wonder why you guys kept coming back. Uh, for those who's been here the last five weeks, and if, again, if you're first time or visiting, you're very welcome. I wonder if you agree with what Daniel said, you know, life really is more than, there's more to life than, than power, than money, than health, and happiness, and success. Um, I wonder, like, for those who haven't been last five weeks, or, or even if you've been, without listening back to the previous sermons, just on top of your head, why, why do you think people think about those things so much? Why do you think people worry about those? Uh, people crave power. Is it because they want to be in control? And we want more money? And is it because we want to have more than other people? Or to live a more comfortable life? But then, how do we measure that? How do we measure how much we have if there's no one else around us for us to compare with? And what about health? Obviously, uh, the healthier you are, the more likely you're going to live longer. Um, David spoke about health two weeks ago. Uh, he talked about how even the best of the best um, health care is but a, a plaster on the permanent, permanent wound. We all will die eventually. Uh, yesterday, I got a word from New Zealand. Uh, Uncle Herbert from my sending church back in Auckland uh, passed away uh, yesterday morning. Uh, he died from, let me try to pronounce this, nasopharyngeal nasopharyngeal uh, carcinoma, nasal cancer. cancer. <laughs> Respect to those doctors. Uh, so I remember going with him on a mission trip to Fiji uh, in my final year in, at uni. Uh, he was one of the cool uncles. Uh, he and his wife, Auntie Esther, had served in the South Pacific Islands for many, many years. About 10 years ago, Auntie Esther, Auntie Esther's health uh, declined rapidly. And so they had to withdraw from the mission field and go back to New Zealand and so that Uncle Herbert could better take care of Auntie Esther. But 10 years on, would know Auntie Esther actually outlived Uncle Herbert, who was so healthy and strong back then. Um, if we have more time, I'll come back to Uncle Herbert later. What about happiness? What makes people happy? Or what makes people unhappy? Uh, if you've been thinking about those questions, you might want to, to ask, why do we care so much about what other people think as well at the same time? When we are doing well, we want people to know that we are doing well. We want, to, we want people to approve us, to praise us, to agree with us. Um, but then when, when things aren't going well, uh, or when we are suffering, 
we want people to, to feel pity for us. We want, people, we want people to feel sorry for us. And then, and you saw those people it's on the news all the time. You see people sharing their feelings on social medias. But then when, when their audiences don't agree with, with them, when they don't take their side, they get all de depressed, sometimes even suicidal, and as if the world is crumbling down on them. <coughs> if you think about all that, uh, if there's no one else around for us to compare ourselves with, would we then still have the desire to, to be more successful, to have more power, or have more money? It's weird. And if there's no one to share your life with, uh, what's the point of having a, a healthy or healthier life than other people? Because there's no others that you can compare with. Um, and the Apostle Paul, the author of this letter, letter, letter to, the, to the Philippians, he seemed to be saying he's got his life all sorted. He's joyful, he's content, and he wasn't worried about all the stuff we've just mentioned. The interesting thing is, this letter was written when Paul was in chains, when he was in prison. Before he became a follower of Christ, he's had fame and fortune and success. He was rich and powerful and influential. And he definitely was healthy, healthy enough that he could run around chasing Christians down, hunt them down, persecute them and kill them. But at the time of writing this letter, he was locked up. He's used to um, the lifestyle of now being mistreated all the time. And sometimes he got people bringing in supplies, so he, he was fed. But sometimes he'd go hungry. Sometimes he got beaten up so bad. But he's cool with that also. And he was telling other people to chillax. He's telling others not to worry about him. And he's quite all right. What was his secret? He said, I can do this. I can do all this through him who gives me strength. Not, not, not quite like that. Captain America is a little different. He, he was only saying, I can do this. But Paul, uh, because in, in our passage today, it says all this. It's a bit, bit confusing, isn't it? Uh, this, this is singular. This can only mean one thing. But our Bible passage says all this. And so I was very confused, so I looked up dictionary. All this is used to refer to, to multiple things. And those multiple, multiple things were taken as a, a single whole uh, by others. It's very confusing. Just bear with me. So, so I think more accurately, today's sermon title probably should have been changed to more to life than others, uh, rather than just this. And that's what we're going to look at tonight, Paul's secret, how he could do all this. Uh, in the Amazing Spider-Man film. Andrew Garfield's version of Peter Parker said, we all have, sorry, we all have secrets. 
the ones we keep and the ones that are kept from us. And if you have been watching Kung Fu Panda, sorry, Ruth, my wife told me not to do any of the movie quotes, but I, that's just me, I can't help. Uh, if you've watched Kung Fu Panda, do you remember it's all about revealing the secret, the first one, um, the secret ingredient of the secret ingredient soup noodle, and the secret to become the Kung Fu warrior. Um, the famous horror story writer Stephen King, he said this, secrets are heavy, wanting to share them is the most natural thing in the world. So I'm so sorry, you already know my, my weakness. Uh, if you are sick of the movie quote, now you know my secret. I can't, I can't help but to share it with you. <clears throat> um, I, think, I think it's the same for Paul. He can't keep his secrets to himself. He just wanted to share it with the whole world. In fact, he's been talking about his secret all along throughout the book of Philippians. So what's, what's Paul's secret? He says, the secret I learned, the secret of being content, the secret to me being able to do all this, namely in whatever circumstances, in any and every situation, whether in need or have plenty, whether well-fed or hungry, my secret to all this is simple. Verse 13, it's through him who gives me strength, through the one who strengthens me. And if we've paid any attention, it's Jesus. Uh, that's why Paul kept on saying, in the Lord. So that, that's it, that's the secret. Uh, in fact, it's probably not, not even a secret. It's, not, it's no secret at all. Throughout his letter, he kept on repeating this. He repeated to the, to the believers. He says, it's all about being in the Lord. Um, like the start of our passage today, verse 10, in the Lord. And what, what's so special about in the Lord? You see, earlier in Philippians chapter 2, um, maybe let's, let's turn page back to Philippians chapter 2. And shall we, shall we take a look together? If you would um, go down to about chap, uh, verse, verse 5. Our son, verse 6. Uh, Paul talked about Jesus being in very nature God did not consider equality with God. Rather, Jesus made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, humbled himself by becoming obedient to death. Even the worst way to die in the first century on the cross. And that's just incredible. Jesus, who's God, humbled himself and took on human form. And in this way, he could relate to us just as we relate, relate to each other. He lived the life we lived, so he really could relate to us in every way. He understands all our struggles. And not only that, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on the cross. It's, this is very crazy. Uh, this is the ultimate way of showing how he really 
was one of us. Because as a total innocent man, he suffered and died on behalf of us. Then Paul goes on saying how Jesus was exalted to the highest place. Verse 9. Uh, meaning that he's overcome death. Showing that Jesus has power over death, over sin. And then he was given the name that's above all names. And that at his name, all will bow down to worship him and acknowledge Jesus Christ is Lord. So when Paul tells people he is in the Lord, he's telling us that the Lord he is in is the mightiest of all. That's Paul's secret. He's in the Lord. But how can we be so sure that we are also in the Lord? How do you know you are in the Lord? How do I know I'm in the Lord? Am I even in the Lord in the first place? Uh, in another let letter Paul wrote to the Ephesians, uh, Paul explained to them, let me just show you that so you don't have to turn over to, it's pretty cool, isn't it? Uh, Paul says, you were included in Christ, in the Lord, when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation. When you believed, you were marked in him with the seal, the promised Holy Spirit. So that, that's it. When you believed, you are marked in the Lord by the indwelling of his Holy Spirit. And that's very incredible. The one who's exalted high above all names is the one who lives in you and me. And this is the one who gives Paul strength. So there you go. Paul's secret of his secret of being content. But Paul said this also. He said, I've learned the secret of being content. I've learned to be content. Learning, you say? How was learning down? How, how, how was it done? <coughs> is it like Neo in the Matrix? You can upload a memory card into your brain through a cable then you instantly become the master of whatever you just uploaded. No learning, no learning required. I wish that's the case. But if Paul has the secret all along, if, if Paul said he, he was in the Lord and the Lord is in him, uh, constantly he's joined up with the Lord, what did he mean that he still have to learn? Couldn't he just do all this through through him who gives him strength. Like uh, verse 13 says, you know, I can now do all this through him who gives strength. But sadly, Paul said, even he had to learn. And that's our second point. Paul has to learn the secret of being content. Uh, maybe I'll tell you my story to help with um, illustrate why we have to learn. Now, when we first moved to England 10 years ago, we moved to Oxford. And, and the house we rented was amazingly huge. Um, the rent was also relatively cheap. Um, the house had three bedrooms, and each bedroom has an ensuite toilet. And either there's a bath or there's a shower. And there's a spare, spare toilet, so four toilets in total. It's a perfect place to, to do student ministries, invite people over to hang out and to do stuff together. 
Then after Oxford, uh, every house, every, everywhere we moved to just, just got smaller and smaller. And the rent got more and more expensive. And at the end, we were down to, to a tiny flat with only one toilet. Imagine every morning to fight with uh, three other people over that, that toilet. It's like, oh, come on, come on already, my bladder is about to explode. Uh, and so, so we, we, we got used to this lifestyle. We, we thought, oh yeah, I mean, we could like, make this work. We, we, we've lived in abundance. We, we now, you know, God is teaching us to, to, to learn this lesson. We, we, we sorted, we, yeah, we can live in plenty and we can live in need. Then, by God's grace, we moved to Belsize Park two months ago. Uh, the, flat, the flat got bigger again. Okay. Uh, there were more storage space. Okay. And there were two toilets. Yay. <laughs> but then we started to complain about how, um, how weak the water pressure was in the shower. And then how the pipes of the toilets were actually interconnected. So when you flushed on one side, and the stuff would flow to the other side, visibly. Like, <laughs> and then we've noticed some weird smells start to come into the, to the flat. I think it's from the neighbor. And then we noticed that we ended up com comparing with our previous flat, tiny little flat. We were saying things like, oh, the shower is so much stronger in our old flat. Uh, the old flat had less problems. The landlord was a lot nicer, and things like that. And have you noticed what's wrong with me? I actually haven't really learned how to be content in, in all this at all. Uh, thankfully, Jesus' word from John 21, uh, thanks to Ruth too, actually reminded me, reminded us, do you love me more than these? Do I love Jesus more than all this? And reminders are good. I need reminders to help me see clearer. I need to learn to be content. If we read the wider context, so I encourage you to read the whole Philippians if you have time. It's, it's a letter, so it's short enough. You can finish reading that in 20 minutes. Easy. Uh, if you read the whole Philipp Philippians, uh, I think you could, you could spot Paul was actually trying to teach us two, two lessons that he learned. Firstly, Paul learned to see the value of being in the Lord. And secondly, Paul learned to appropriate the power. Let me, let me tell you more about that. So when Paul tells us that he's in the Lord, and the Lord is the one who gives Paul, who gives Paul his strength, um, and remember what we just talked about in the first point, what kind of Lord are we in? See, the one that's above all names, the one who overcame death, Paul, Paul was saying, that's the kind of power he has, being in that Lord. And that's incredible. So when, when, <clears throat> when you know the true value of knowing Jesus, you then wouldn't find it hard to agree with Paul that everything else in comparison seemed worthless. But you have to learn to see that. You have to shift your gaze onto Jesus. When all we see is our circumstances, 
and we, we're not seeing Jesus. When, when all we see is stuff whether we think is good or bad, that's what we see. We're not seeing Jesus. But when we learn to look at our Lord Jesus and, and draw strength from him, no matter our circumstances, you can just shrug your shoulder and carry on because you've got the best thing already, being in the Lord. So Paul sees the value of being in the Lord. He also learned to appropriate the power. He says, I can do all this through him, through the one who gives me strength. <clears throat> and that word appropriate I kept on using, it's a legal term. I learned that term from my lawyer friend. Uh, basically, it means something you already have, but, but you haven't really appropriated appropriate that. So imagine this. You were given an unlimited power source. It's yours, but it's just sitting there. You just let the power source sit in there. It's not doing anything there for you. You haven't plugged in to draw power from that power source. You haven't appropriated the power. Uh, the power source is right there. All you needed to do is just to plug in to draw power from it. Maybe you need to learn to be more familiar with the power source so you know how to use it, how to maximize the power output. Or maybe you need to learn more about that power source so you know what that could power. Or maybe you just need to learn to realize, why am I using this ultimate power source to charge my mobile phone? And then that's all I'm doing. We need to learn to look at the abundance of being in the Lord and appreciate the worth of knowing Christ as opposed to looking at the worthless things we used to looking at, what we have or what we don't have. And we need to learn to look at the powerful and strong. We need to look at how powerful and strong we could be if we're plugged into the ultimate unlimited power source. Drawing power from the one who gives strength as opposed to trying to power my own life with the tiny AAA battery. And would you uh, look at verse 10 with me again? So we're coming to our final point, the secret leaving out. Uh, verse 10, I rejoice greatly in the Lord that at last you renewed your concern for me. Indeed, you were concerned but you had no opportunity to show it. So in verse 10, Paul wasn't saying or hinting, I'm so glad you thought about me. Have you noticed how I am still in chains? Have you noticed how I'm actually hungry? Uh, you know, he, he wasn't saying that to, to get the Philippians to, to have pity on him. No, Paul, Paul said, I'm so glad you remembered me. I'm so glad you're thinking of me. And that's what Paul meant in verse 10. Paul even turned it around to encourage them. I know you worried about me, and you had no opportunities to do something about that before. But don't worry, I'm okay. I'm just so encouraged by the fact that you are thinking about me. So you see, as someone who's actually in need himself, he wasn't drawing any attention to his needs. 
Um, earlier in uh, chapter 1, verse 8 to 11, I'm going to use that cool thing again. Uh, he was expressing his genuine love for the Philippians, for the Philippian believers, and cares for, for their growth. And back, back to um, our, our passage, chapter 4, a little further on, um, in verse 17, you see, he, Paul was able to say he actually desires that more to be credited, credited to their account. He was genuinely caring for them rather than drawing attention and focus on his own personal needs. And maybe I'll, yeah, I'll tell you more about Uncle Herbert. Because um, I, I think his passing yesterday actually helped me to grasp this passage better uh, as I think about his life and how, how it was quite similar to Paul's, really. So after he and Auntie Esther left uh, Vanuatu, that's where they were serving at the time, um, and, and went back to New Zealand, Uncle Herbert felt quite useless for a while because um, he was suddenly brought away from, from a lifestyle that he was the one who was constantly caring others, helping others, and feeding others the word of God to someone who now constantly needs people's help. I, I just really felt wrong to him. Um, and about, about two weeks ago, when the doctor told him that he's probably got less than a month or even just a few days to live, he called for an urgent meeting um, and gathered all the church family um, so that he could address them all together and encourage them and just you know, telling them what's going to happen, what, what's going to be different, or, or where he's going, and all that. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, I wasn't there, obviously, but I watched um, the recorded video. Um, as one who's about to die, he actually looked quite peaceful and joyful. It was quite surprising. And I compared the picture of him um, the day before he passed, and and the day that he recorded the video, which was only two weeks ago, it's like two totally different person. Um, it just looked so different. Um, so like, like Apostle Paul, Uncle Herbert expressed how much he appreciated people thinking about him and praying for him. And then he talked about how he, uh, he really doesn't want people to visit him because uh, every time people visit him, he has to get up and just pull up his strength just so he could greet people. And then he, he doesn't like people bringing food to him because he, he just doesn't have an appetite anymore. So all the food would just go into the freezer and, and get wasted. And he doesn't like, uh, he doesn't like people to, to um, I mean, he, sorry, he, he likes people to message him on WhatsApp and send him emails, but he doesn't like people asking him questions that requires him to reply because his hands and fingers were shaking and he couldn't, he couldn't, um, he doesn't have steady hands anymore. So it's a mission having to reply to all that. Um, so he, he was in, in agony. But then he, he said, immediately after he just complained all about that, he said, he, he didn't say that because he wanted to discourage people. He said he, he really appreciated when people do that. He, he so appreciated that people think about him, love him. And he's just telling people that's, just the state he was in. And so he wasn't at all trying to draw attention to his poor physical health. 
but he was trying to bring that around and saying, thank you for thinking about him. Uncle Herbert's secret um, was the same as Paul's. He had learned the secret of being content in whatever the circumstance. And because of that, he was even able to turn around to encourage others. So Uncle Herbert reminded those who knew him and had received his cares before. He said, please do not remember him as a good person. Uh, because he really isn't. Uncle Herbert said he was, it was because of the love of Christ that enabled him to love people. It was Christ who strengthened him to do it all. So he encouraged people, he encouraged us to also grow in our love for the Lord. But how? He said, simple. Learn your Bible. That's, that's what he said. Uh, the more you know Jesus, the more your love for Jesus will grow. And the more you'd obey him. And as a result, you'll love people better. You'll love the Lord better. You see, like Paul, Uncle Herbert, uh, his secret is his relationship with the Lord all along. The reason why Paul wasn't too fussed about his circumstances, and the reason why he, couldn't, he, he could consider all things worthless like garbage, and the reason he had confidence and hope, and the reason why Paul could stand firm and tell others to stand firm also, and the reason why Paul can repeatedly say to others to rejoice. That's another big theme in the book of Philippians. He could tell others to rejoice. And he could do all that because he is a living proof as one who's got a secret, as one who's in the Lord. He has learned to live out that secret. When, when you are plugged into the, the ultimate power source, it's not just about your own life anymore. You truly lack nothing, so you, you don't have to look inside anymore. Uh, you're truly content when you don't have to, to demand others to satisfy you. And so you, you love better through the strength he gives you. When your life is truly sorted, that's when you're going to have joy. Joy is inevitable because you're not worried about your life anymore. Friends, so I've, I've now told you the secret. It's not secret anymore. What are you going to do about that? Not secret. Are you um, in the Lord? So that through him, you got given the strength to do all this. If you are indeed in the Lord because you believe in Jesus, but you are not drawing power and strength from him, why do you think is that? And if you are not yet in the Lord, would you want to? Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Thank you for your son, Jesus Christ, for what he had done on the cross so that we can know him. And thank you that through him we can do all this because he's the one giving us strength. 
Help us, Lord, as we learn to be content so that we can rejoice in all circumstances. Help us to know you and love you more so that we can love others also. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen.